Hello and welcome to Let's Be Honest. I'm Jess and this is the podcast where I talk about life's toughest topics with lots of different brilliant people. Today's episode is called Let's Talk About Equality. I'll be joined by Bradley Wicks. Bradley has a degree in journalism and works within the PR and marketing world. We discuss equality between the genders and how this impacts the social order within sports, conversation, the workplace, social media and within relationships. Can our world ever operate where the sexes are regarded as equal on all accounts? If so, how do we get there? Welcome to the show. Thank you for listening. Hi Bradley, welcome to Let's Be Honest. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me. Good. Um, We're going to try not to laugh through this whole podcast, aren't we? Not at all. I mean, just like consistently. Okay, consistently laugh, got it. (laughs) <laughs> okay i feel like we should tell everyone how we know each other mm-hmm. <clears throat> we've been best friends for 13 years now i think so yeah and uh we mainly laugh that's really what we mainly do more or less <laughs> yeah well you do so just before we hit record we um were just laughing and talking about ridiculous things and now we're going to talk about something mildly serious so yeah, we're going to have to transition of course <clears throat> so today's episode is called let's talk about equality and for me, being my best friend for so long um, and having a best friend who's the opposite gender to me, I've always seen you as somebody who's really for equality. And I've really loved watching you grow and knowing that you've always been somebody who loves women and supports women and you've been for equality. So I thought you'd be a great person to talk to about this. Um, I always like to find out how people became the person they are so I always ask them like what was your childhood like and what were the main things that made you who you are today that's deep um I don't know how do you answer that really I think what was your childhood like it was good it was good it was it was basic it was basic it was good it was well balanced um you have brothers and sisters well I've got brothers yeah but this is the difficulty with my brothers is that we're we're half brothers so mm-hmm. unlike some sort of sibling relationships it was very much an age gap mm-hmm I didn't see them that often, but when I did see them, you tended to get everything at once, whether that was all mm-hmm. the good stuff, mm-hmm. a good day of bullying to make up for a year of no bullying, which is always good fun. Typical brothers. And Typical they weren't brothers. in the house of you growing up. No, no, they were half brothers. So they yeah. all lived um, up country. The age gap's 15, 20 years between the like, sort of the two of us. Yeah. Like the three of us sort of spread across. So yeah. I think really I had siblings, but I didn't necessarily have that same sibling bond that some people that do have them have. Yeah. I remember being at school. I remember randomly, I remember being at infant, I think it was infant school. Mm-hmm. Because we remember. didn't go to the same infant no, we school. Didn't, we no. met in like secondary school, high yeah. school. Yeah. Um, I remember sitting in a class and we were talking about siblings and brothers and sisters and who had what. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying, like, Oh, I, I've got two older brothers. And I remember someone in the class being like, No, you don't. You're such a liar. And I was like, Well, I do. I, they just don't they don't live down here. Right. It's so just a dynamic that it was a very wasn't different dynamic. conventional. Yeah, yeah. But completely normal for me. And it's funny because most men who are what they would call feminists or like really pro equality have sisters and that's where they get their uh, understanding that it's important to support women because Mm. they see their sisters they're naturally quite protective of them but you don't have sisters so where did this feeling of no we're going to champion for the other sex and it's not going to be a boys club come for you was it something ingrained earlier on did your dad influence you in that way or was it later on that you grasped that idea um i think it wasn't necessarily that dad didn't influence it but I think it would probably come a little bit later on to some extent it is probably the fact that I have close friends that are female Mm -hmm. that always helps and they're strong female characters as well um yeah that was a big influence you know yourself you know you're one of them in that realistic she told me to say that (laughs) I did not you did Uh, I can see it on the notes (laughs) she just crossed it out um I think that had a big thing to do with it realistically yeah um as well I mean my parents divorced so naturally my mum was a single mum for a while mm-hmm. so there was a strong character to look at there and how she got on with that um that's something I probably learned more as I grew up mm-hmm. at the time you see it slightly differently yeah um as you grow up actually you understand that these things happen and that everyone has their own reasons for it yeah and that actually she had her own grief and her own way of dealing with it and that actually that still takes a lot of character for it so yeah do you remember the dynamic in high school or for our secondary school being different? Because we left school, what, almost 10 years ago. We left yeah. when we were 16. That's so, terrifying. oh my gosh, almost a decade. Yeah. I don't know if I've thought about it like that before, actually. Yeah, I don't think about it like that. Wow. I wonder what the dynamic between 15 and 16 year olds is now. I don't really know a lot of people that age. Mm. So, what was your memory of, of school like between. Like the boys and girls, do you remember it being 
really divided because there were a, a couple of groups of people that had a real mix of genders but then I also do remember it being like it was the sports team and then there were like there was separation between boys and girls I one of the strongest memories that um, stuck out for me was the rugby team like the school rugby team was boys only it would like the contact rugby mm. and there was a girl um called Demi oh, in our Demi. school yeah. and she actually played for the county like she was a real was rugby player Absolutely she was phenomenal. a tough girl and the school told her you can't play because you're a girl and she really I remember she rose up about it I can't actually remember did she get the rule changed was she able to play on the team or did she just cause like a ruckus about it I think I don't remember her playing on the team I remember being at training and I remember there being a real emphasis afterwards mm-hmm. about um, sort of tag rugby and mixed like, yeah. mixed tag rugby. Yeah. I remember that. But I don't really remember playing on the team, but I do remember her making a point of it and making a bit of a stand for it. And yeah. I think sport's a really interesting one yeah. because when you look at sport now and the amount of support female sport has now or women's mm-hmm. sport has now and you look at how so look at how England football's being treated right now and the Lionesses, mm-hmm. Oh, the Red Roses, and you know all of these international women's teams. That's a teams. great name for a team from England, by the way, the Red Roses. When you look at the support they get, I mean, like Australia, Australian football recently, they passed a law that basically said, I think it's right in saying that the female players basically now get the same support as the men's team. So they're yeah. now treated as full professionals, which is, Why is wouldn't should it be, be the case. Yeah. Exactly. They, stay, they play to the same standards, if not better. Yeah. So I think really, when you look back at school for us and how sport was for us then, the only real mixed gender sport I remember was hockey. I remember playing mixed hockey. I don't remember that. I remember playing mixed hockey, mm-hmm. and I remember that never really being a strange thing. Mm-hmm. If anything, I almost remember it kind of being, or like the attitude between the guys being like, we've got to play a girl sport, which mm. in reality, hockey is brutal, absolutely brutal. And why are we genderizing sport? Yeah, exactly. It's ridiculous. Mm. And I think, like you said, with Demi, Demi's a classic example of actually the most talented rugby player in the entire school right you anyway mm-hmm. was a girl mm-hmm. but at the same time she's the most talented player yeah available I... so you should you should pick that's who yeah. you should pick irrelevant of anything else i yeah. mean it's not like we share changing rooms this that and the other in terms of sharing a pitch it's a contact sport yeah that's all it is i remember when she did that and she really was basically saying don't make the decision for me because I think what was frustrating was that if girls wanted to say, oh, I don't want to play contact rugby, and for those of anybody who's listening who doesn't know about rugby, it's, it's savage. Like, you think about American football, it's the same, like, contact, real, real brute. And what I think she was basically saying is, don't look at me and say, you're a female, therefore you must be meek and weaker. If I want to put myself in a position where I might potentially get hurt, that's my decision to make, and don't make it for me. Don't paint all you know, this group with the same brush. And I think I think that was fair enough. Like, totally well, I think, fair fair play to yeah, her. Yeah, 100%. I think the thing is with rugby as well is that, okay, it's a physical game, but it's, it's a technique game. Mm-hmm. That's really what it is. The smallest player on the pitch mm-hmm. can tackle the biggest player on the pitch as long as they have the right technique. Yeah. So in reality, it's got nothing to do with gender. It's to do with technique. Yeah. That's it. Anyone can learn technique. Yeah, that's true. And what's your opinion? Because you're a massive sport guy. What do you think about, like, people genderizing sport like for example rugby is a boy sport netball is a girl sport there's some that like is is mixed like for me one of those that stand out is swimming like competitive swimming yeah so why racket sports is it to do with the like the physical strength people just think a one gender or one sex can't play this because they're not strong enough i think genetics comes into it to some extent you know like and physical strength this that and the other but to be honest it's physical strength will always get you so far in any sport in any game whatever okay whatever the attributes are to be particularly good at a game Mm -hmm. naturally if you have those attributes more than someone else irrelevant of gender if someone's faster than me they're faster than me doesn't Mm -hmm. matter if they're a man or a woman they're faster than me therefore Mm -hmm. if we're in a sprinting race they're gonna win right i think where it becomes more about gender in sport is that you tend to have natural levels of you know like skills or well not so much skills but it's it's more to do so you look at the men's 200 100 meter and you look at usain bolt right it's seen that he's at the pinnacle of that because he's male and because he has these attributes that make him better mm-hmm. at that. But the reality is that that's only at the now. Mm-hmm. That will change one day. It doesn't yeah. necessarily have to be like that. If you start to integrate and, and make it all sort of, how do you explain it? I don't know how to explain fair. it. Fair. Yeah, fair. But then to take it a level next to that or you know another level to that, okay, let's say there are the women's teams and the men's team of the same sport. I remember this past year at Wimbledon, 
they got into trouble because they said like on the VIP ticket or whatever, you know, whatever the um, the things were that people got with the VIP ticket and also includes the men's, you know, open. And people were saying, why are you like pointing out that it's the men's team that's so special? Like, why are you not promoting that the women are playing as well? So even when there are, there are gender sections to the same sport it's generally the men's sport that gets watched more like with tennis and with swimming and with running when it comes to the olympics people are way more excited about the men's 100 meters than they are the women's so that makes you think okay well it's not that women can't do this sport so it is the only only that we have the men's to watch it's like they're both available but why are people more excited to see men perform in sports than they are women i think that's legacy Um, I think that's legacy, it's history, it's what we already have. So you look at football, for example, like men's football, the Premier League, well, the Premiership. When you consider that league, it's the most expensive league and the most watched league mm-hmm. on the planet. But is that football. because it's been given the backing that yes. a women's team hasn't? Exactly, exactly that, yeah. So, you know, you think of the phenomenal amounts of money that are spent on advertising from Sky Sports and every other brand involved to sponsor that league and make that league so heavily watched. Now, the women's game just isn't there yet, but it's starting to be. It's mm. starting to be published. It's starting to be publicised. It's starting to be watched. It's starting to get this platform. So it becomes about patience. Mm-hmm. It I've noticed about that with give the... Give it another five years, not even that, and yeah. women's sport will be on similar tiers to men's sport because yeah. because it gets yeah the audience. Well, there's such a backing for the feminist movement with or without sport that... I have noticed that, like, look at how the American female soccer team, Mm. was it the World Cup? Yeah, I think so, Okay, I'm not a big sports person, but I do remember noticing they're really giving these these women the podium, literally and figuratively, to stand on. Yeah, but Yeah. And so they should, because the talent is there. But the talent has always been there. It's Mm -hmm. just never been pushed before. And And it's never been considered. If you give talent a stage, Mm -hmm. talent will perform on a stage. It doesn't matter of the gender. If you give it the platform, Mm -hmm. it will impress. Yeah, what we give our time and energy to will grow. And you're right, I think it is just that up until now, whether it's been malicious or not, people have been sexist. And we're talking about within sport and it's it's that here's a pot of money and a pot of airtime and sponsorship and it's just all been given to men and it's not fair. No, no. And I think that's the thing and I think that's something that's starting to change naturally in the fact that there's more ways to watch sport as well. Mm -hmm. So you're not constricted or stuck to particular spots of airtime. You're just not. The way that, like you know, look at YouTube, you look at social media, look at all of these other ways there are to interact with sport and content in general. Yeah. It's no longer a case of this game is on at seven till half past seven, eight o'clock, that's it. Oh, the women's game is on at the same time. Well, we've only got one space on the air, so show the men's because yeah. that's the larger audience. That's yeah. the la- that's the rating, is yeah. the men's game because that's what more people are watching. Oh, okay, that's a shame. Mm-hmm. We'll watch the women's next time. Now it can be a case of, well, we can put them on side by side. We can put them on a different channel. We can, yeah. we can drive this or through social media. Or we can choose to we watch the like women's this. game. Or we can put it on the red button and you can choose. Do you want to watch the men's or the women's? Or mm-hmm. we can go between the two. Yeah. You have all these options to cover it. Yeah. So it's much easier to cover all sport yeah. So naturally, as you cover real sport, you'll watch more of the women's game and then the women's game will come through and then over time it will grow its own audience and then it will rival, if not, I mean, at the moment, I mean, okay, they've had a few games back, you know, back to back they haven't done too well in, but the Lionesses are performing better arguably than the men's team. Mm. And they're more interesting and more fun to watch. Yeah. And you don't care what, if you're a true no, it's good sport, it's good sport. football fan, yeah. you don't care about who's playing. No. You want to see the technique, yeah. you want to see good the sport game. Good sport. Yeah. That's all it is. It doesn't matter. Gender is irrelevant. Good sport yeah. is good sport. Do you manage a team at work? Or, work. yeah, in, in your professional job? Or are you solo in your title? Oh, I manage oh, a yeah. sports team. I was like, <laughs> Do you I manage the Premier of. League? Yeah, or yeah. No, are you, are, um, you man- or are you just sort of working with people? We work with people. We work, there's, yeah. Yeah, it's a, yeah, we kind of work as a collective Together. group as such. Yeah. How have you seen equality issues show up in the workplace? In the workplace? Um, actually, in terms of where we work, there's a lot more women in roles than men. Which is strange because we work for a men's grooming brand as well. So mm. it's not necessarily what you would expect to see. Yeah. But the reality of that is at the end of the day, we're selling a men's grooming product. It doesn't mean everybody there has to use it. Some mm. of the men don't use some of the products we use. It's just the reality of whether you can understand the product and the job mm. role. It's got nothing to, again, it's got nothing to do with gender. It's got to do with an yeah. attitude to learn and excel in selling and marketing mm. the product we use. So I think in terms of equality in our work environment, actually it's, it's, it's pretty good. I mean, yeah. I think the in the workplace, a big thing 
when it comes to equality is the topic of communication. And I remember mm. for our A-levels, which for the American listeners, that's like the the bit you would do before you go to university. Um, and we studied English language. Do you remember our English language classes? Yes, As I do. traumatic as they were yes, sometimes. But we studied how men and women use conversation differently. And do you remember we like studied Roughly. loads of different um, pieces of text and mm-hmm. audio and, and we noticed that the general rule was that women get cut off and interrupted and men don't don't listen as much as they should. So have you found that whether it's been in the workplace or just in your relationships with people and, and have you observed any of your male friends cutting people off have you noticed yourself doing it yeah perhaps yeah I think yeah you do notice it at times but I think realistically as well I think the, the idea is very strict like you, okay so we're talking a levels we're talking school and education right the mm-hmm. idea that and I understand why we study it because you can only study what's already happened mm-hmm. you know avoid your researching not stuff you know it's a difference right but if you start to put those theories in people's heads it's very interesting to see if they then start noticing them, it yeah yeah, yeah. Or, or seek even, them out or even yeah, seek them out and start to use them because mm. you create somewhat of a stereotype in that, oh, so we're looking at men previously, this is what men do, they mm. interrupt women. So now do we start to overanalyze, do we start to look at it, this, that and the other? It's very difficult. I, th- I think realistically, like, can I personally say that I interrupt? I interrupt people. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily interrupt women or men. I mm. interrupt people if I've got a strong statement to say and I feel like I want to get it in now. Because mm. um, I totally noticed that as a woman one of my biggest frustrations when I'm communicating with somebody of the opposite sex is I'm constantly interrupted. And it feels like, well, you obviously don't respect me or what I have to say because you're not listening. And the worst one is when you're interrupted and then it's a subject change. You're not even interrupting me to say, oh, I'm just like listening to what you're saying and I want to throw an idea in there. It's like, yeah, 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 shut up. We're talking about something else. And it's so frustrating. And there just seems to be within communication like a massive issue of people interrupting people because of a lack of respect and that seems to happen between men and women and that men are not respecting what women say of course there are women who interrupt other women and they also interrupt men because people are people but so I've definitely noticed that in my own experience yeah. do you find it in one-to-ones or in group it's worse in groups if I'm like uh, the only female which I often was because I'm definitely more of a boy's girl Mm -hmm. if that makes sense like I have more guy friends than I do female I I have lots of female friends but they're one-on-one whereas like my groups of friends in in secondary school it was it was mainly me and I definitely noticed that it was an elevated amount of times that it was happening when I was the only female it just used to make me feel like I didn't matter or no one like wanted to hear what I had to say, and it was it was monumentally frustrating. I think from a man's point of view, I think it's an insecurity. I think that's what it is. I think sometimes, especially groups of men, especially groups of young men, you feel like if you don't speak up, or if you're not heard, or if you're not interrupting, or if you're not the first person to say, then you start to fall down the pecking order as mm. such. But I think that's an insecurity on a one-to-one basis. I think like you know that's mm. something that over time you develop, and it's something that realistically, you know, I'm very fortunate that some of the people I've had in my life, and some of the bosses I've had in my life, and that they've always been very good at going actually you have two ears and one mouth mm-hmm. for a reason mm-hmm. it's because you're better off shutting your mouth and opening your ears mm-hmm. and listening to a conversation unfold you'll yeah. learn more that way yeah have you ever had to learn about equality the hard way have you can you remember like messing it up or going oh i shouldn't have done that um every now and then yeah i don't i can't off the top of my head i can't think of any particular sort of times but yeah i think i think yes mm-hmm. i'd be lying if i said that i'm you know i'm the perfect person mm-hmm. i've never ever done anything that well, Perhaps like examples of that, yeah, could be like assuming that, you know, a man would be better suited for a particular job or interrupting. Because yeah. that's another one for me is that I always want to do what I can, like when it comes to f- manual labor or being physical, mm. like if if I can put up the shelf, I want to do it myself. I don't want to be one of those women that, oh, that's a man's job. Like I, I never want to do that. Of course, yeah. Um, so what's your opinion on like gender roles within our society whether it's like in the home or in the workplace or in politics like do you think that there are some roles that should be gender specific or that if you've got the skills you've got the skills i think skills are skills i really do i think i mean i remember growing up we used to at home we had pink jobs and blue jobs 
which is to start exactly yeah cringe i remember to an element of having Who pink gloves and blue jobs mum i think really? i think but uh, but this is it it was never a super duper serious like you know don't touch my pink jobs but so was what were some like what were the pink jobs and what were the blue jobs you tell me guess okay i'm going to guess that like dishes were pink mm-hmm. maybe the rubbish was um blue mm-hmm. cooking was pink see that's an odd one so in my house dad did all the cooking so okay. i grew up with cooking being a blue job okay but i grew up with washing up after okay. dinner being a pink job yeah. Which is, oh, cooking is a woman's job. But the reality is, it, it, it in my household, it wasn't. Right. So I grew up with pink jobs and blue jobs. That's so interesting. some of the pink jobs weren't pink jobs and some of the blue jobs weren't blue jobs. Yeah. But even the, the rationale behind still calling them pink and blue mm. is backwards. So, okay, let's play a, a little tiny game here. Right, I'm going to say a, a, like a household chore mm. and you're going to tell me if it, if it... Let's do what it was in your house, mm. right? You would answer, mm. that's what it was. And when you get settled with a family and in a house in the future, what it's going to be or like what like what you would want to do. OK, so let's okay. start with ironing. It would have been a. It would have been a pink job. OK. I would, enjoy ironing. So you, that would be but, a Brad job. Well, it wouldn't be a Brad job. It would be a, but you would do it. my stuff. Okay, but you contribute. And you iron your stuff, but at the same time, yeah. I mean, the way All right, it, scrap the way that, because now. you're going to be, I know you'll be uh, a partner that doesn't say, I'm not doing that because I'm a man. So, all right, so well, back in, oh, wait, is there? No, no, no. Well, oh, I, I thought you were about to go, I was going to well, carry on about ironing. You've got me obsessed with ironing now. <laughs> okay, so back to the game <laughs> in your house. So uh, ironing would have been a pink job. Uh, doing the dishes. Pink. Cooking. Blue. Vacuuming. Blue. Okay. Taking the rubbish out. Blue. Cleaning the toilets. I don't remember that one being discussed. I think they didn't might, do actually, it. I think that might have been my job. <laughs> um, okay, making the beds. Um, pink. Childcare. Blue. Because dad was at home all the time. Mum worked full time. Dad worked. When you were little? Yeah, so, so in terms of like giving you a bath and going to bed and stuff, that was your dad doing um, that? Bedtime would normally be mum because dad had been at home all day. Mm. So normally... and. Dad wasn't as good a reader as mum, and mum enjoyed reading. So right. bedtime used to be mum. Okay. Mum would take me to bed, tuck me in, read a story. So they were quite separated, specific. Right now, do you have memories of like your mum asking your dad to chip in with a pink job and him going, "I'm not doing that." No, 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 no. no so it's pretty. Like equal. And this is what I mean about like my dad being a role model, but not really even realizing he was as such. Mm. Is that I think because dad was at home for most of my childhood, so my dad had a back injury and had a plate fitted into his back, so like a few, like a spine fusel. Mm. Fusion? Fusion. 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 Sounds better, doesn't it? Forget the word. You don't know how to speak. I can't speak. So dad was at home a lot. Yeah. Mum used to work nine to five. Dad was at home. Mm. So dad used to take me to school. Dad just picked me up from school when I wasn't at school, like, you know, if I was ill or whatever. Or skiving. Or skiving. What is skiving mean? Never used to skive. I definitely skived. Oh, I skived a lot. Skived is like skiving class. Skiving class. Yeah. A little bit of skiving. Oh my gosh. Now I just want to go down memory lane. I skived. I think I skived three times maybe. And it was, it was when it was like, you know, the last week of school and nothing was really going on anyway. But you remember the music cupboard where like all the instruments were kept? Oh, okay. Yeah. used to hide in there. And my gaggle of friends who I won't name and shame them. There was this ruthless music teacher. I don't even want to... Do you remember him? Mm-hmm. You know exactly who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And we were in there, like, messing around. And I was, like... I don't know why I had the code to the music cupboard. And we were in there just, just like, dicking about, basically. And they had these really, like, tall and deep, like sort of sections to the to mm. the wall. Like, you know, it was things for, like, bass drums to go in. So yeah, they were really... Big. And... We, of course, we were A, skiving, skipping class, and B, not supposed to have the code, and C, not supposed to be in there messing around. So, like, triple threat. And I saw through, like, the little glass plate in the in the door that he was this teacher who was known for just absolutely raging anyway. I think he, like, maybe thought he saw something and, like, went to look. And as he, it was such, like, a movie moment, you know, of, like, everything Hold happening and, like three seconds kind of like that basketball game we went to i've got no one knows what we're talking about i can't just keep you in memory lane anyway so as he was doing the code i was like guys he's gonna come in here quick quick and we all like hid in the cupboard in the dark and it was literally one of those like moments where we were all hid and literally he was right there next to us like looking around and we were all holding our bated breath and then he left um so that was one of the stories of when i skived skived class and it was i think that's pretty epic isn't it it's not bad that's pretty good skiving 
why do we get on to skiving? Um, oh, because your dad was if you if you if were, I if wasn't you were, at school. Yeah, if you yeah. were skiving, then your dad be looking Sick. after you. But we'll go with skiving. <laughs> then yeah, so dad would be at home. So I think really this this whole idea of sort of being raised by mum. Not that I wasn't raised by my mum. Mm-hmm. I was raised by my mum, but dad was always at home. Yeah. So like all of those traditional pink jobs during the day, mm-hmm. like those childcare jobs, were dads. Yeah. While mum was and he didn't out, he didn't resent them. Old school way. Mum, like if you look at it from an old school way, mum was out feeding the breadwinner, mm. you know, like bringing home the money. That is quite a reversal in terms yeah. of tradition. Well, I had a reversal in terms of roles mm-hmm. from very early on. Yeah. So I, I know perhaps that's a way of. I don't really see jobs like that anymore. I don't. I. I never. I mean, I, I should clarify this as well. The blue, like the blue job, pink job was, wasn't serious in the household. It was. Right. It was said, and it was like, oh, it's a pink job. Ha ha ha. It was yeah. never taken as like. But you know, still absolutely the, written on the wall. Yeah, but still the the notion of the it notion, there was, was it, there. This is it. This is that notion and that stereotype as well, and whether that encourages you to look for it moving forward. Mm. Are there some jobs that you? wouldn't do as a profession because you think they're like a female job no i don't think so no i can't think of anything in particular mm-hmm. um what do you think of the idea of men being nannies because that's a job role that gets so much flack but that was my dad but like for another family and being for paid to do it um, like the manny you know no i don't see I, I genuinely i don't see an issue if you're good with kids and that's what you enjoy and the family has trust in you to look after their children then what do, what does it matter Mm. what does it matter it doesn't i don't so see if you it. when you have children if you were going to hire a nanny you would you would be okay hiring a man yeah yeah i really don't see that's not why i thought you'd say that's I interesting d- i don't yeah if they're the most qualified person for it and they're the person that gets on best with my children and i feel safe with them with my children fine mm. absolutely fine i guess it's person based isn't it it's but well what would you do I'll be totally like in the basis of the podcast let's be honest it would make me uncomfortable because there's still an idea in my head and I admit that I've got a slightly warped mm-hmm. view of it because I know so many people who unfortunately have been abused and molested as children that in my eyes, I think I would question why does this man want to spend so much time with kids and why is that the job that he's looking for? A, because I've my bad experiences by proximity to those mm-hmm. who are close to me and also because in my experience as evolved as I like to think I am, I guess I still think that's that's not a job a man traditionally does okay. i think i would question it okay i think the in as an interesting point there about you said about sort of you know people you know and experiences mm. in the past and all that now clearly you relate those to men yes yeah but women can also be pedophiles and molest children yeah absolutely no 100 percent. i don't have any qualms about like a male nurse like i know that's another job Mm. um that gets flack and made fun of but that's a job that's so specifically skill based as is childcare but my negative experiences i guess are warping my ideas when it comes to like childcare and being a nanny but that's interesting yeah. that you say I that because that's not what i thought you'd say no, i thought you'd I, say the same as me i really don't i can't, i don't see not i don't see any issue with it but again i think i would bring it back to the point of the issue would be on the individual mm irrelevant of whether it was a man or a woman mm. but why okay so let's if i looked at them and was like hmm, i'm not sure i yeah. trust them but then there would be an issue i think most people i think i would go as far as say you're quite rare in in thinking that because i think most men would go no because we do see men as predators sometimes in society and brand like m- men do x y and z more but of course there are women who abuse and who are terrible people but i think more people would be quick to judge a man in a job role like that they would interview a woman for the job and and see if they got a good feeling but less people think like that that a woman could also do harm it's just sort of not thought about and that's not right because that that there's an issue right there that deserves equality and yet i'm not able to give it do you think that childcare, as an example, is is an interesting one? Because naturally, when you look at children, there's an innocence and a, a delicacy to them. You know, like, is that anything to do with it? Is it the fact that they're vulnerable? Like, children aren't naturally, by default, yeah. they're a little bit more naive. They're children, yeah. so they should be. They're innocent, and I, therefore they're vulnerable. Yeah. So is it to do with the fact that that vulnerability stacked up against what is stereotypically the strength of a man? Mm doesn't come like just doesn't compute yeah i think it's that versus kind of the maternal instincts i think when i become a mother i will be 
very protective of my children to the point where I unfortunately just through some of the work I've done and people I have known I remember I used to give my mum so much flack about like why are you so like controlling and and now I don't have children of my own yet but I've I've nannied for many years and look, mm. and been solely responsible and taken on the mother role for for little children and it is my responsibility what happens to them thank god not the children I've I've worked with but I've known friends who it's been the the father that's been the abuser. So I, I just, I'm not a trusting person, really. I'm at this stage in my life where I'm almost 26 and those who are in my life and I trust, yourself included, are like the people in my life. I'm not really interested in taking on that many new friends or you know new relationships because I'm just like I feel a little bit like I've got to recover from the from the fire even if it's been the burns that I've seen other people go through yeah. not necessarily me yeah. so I just think I don't know when we this is such a difficult topic to talk about and I feel really weird talking about it but when we look at those who have been arrested this year in Britain let's say for paedophilia how many of them are women mm. I would guess, I don't have the numbers in front of me, a very small number. So it is this issue of men are branded, not all men, of course. I know lots and lots of great men and they're in my life and I'm very blessed by them. But it's this fear. I think women are, for me and my experiences of my female friends and family, women are distrusting of men until you prove to me that you're not a threat. And I think that's the way I would yeah, look at it with my children. With and yeah. And in terms of like, let's say we're talking about hiring a nanny, it's like, sorry like you're so able to hurt me or my children in a way that of course a woman can but we so have it ingrained in our mind that it's men that do it yeah i think that's i would an important be thing to say yeah. as well in that and I've, you know like, i have male friends who share the same outlook as me from an equality point of view um is that often men can jump to this defense as oh yeah but so can women and it's like that's not the, that's not the argument or the right. point that we should be making is that there shouldn't be a fence taken by it like as mm. a as a man or a woman when someone questions the equality in the room there's always a defense like oh yeah, yeah but so do women or oh yeah but, yeah but men do it too yeah that's not the point the point is i think it's always about self-assessment i think that's always the way it, yeah know, it tends to react is how do i feel about that how do i think i should react to that not so if you say to me like okay oh, you know so we look at it as that more men do that if if my defense to that if my reaction to that is yeah, oh, yeah but women do it too then clearly i fit there's an offense i take an offense to it mm. like, and we're not acknowledging that and we're that, not acknowledging yeah. that actually everyone does everything right? or everyone's capable everyone of everything everyone is capable of doing anything yeah mm. male or female yeah. we can all do good things and bad things the reality is that the whole point of equality is how would I expect to be treated if it was the other way around? Irrelevant of whether it was a man or a woman speaking to me or it was a man doing that job mm. or a woman doing that job. How would I expect to be treated if I put myself in their shoes? Mm -hmm. That's equality, right? Mm. Isn't it? Yeah. And I think that's the really interesting thing is that the Gillette advert earlier in the year, so the shaving brand Gillette, they did this advert all based around the basic concept was that ultimately they were asking, well, the way I looked at it, and this is the other interesting thing about advertisement in general, obviously, is that like any... I say art like form of art, which to some extent I think advertising is. Yeah. yeah, it's open to interpretation. Sure. But the way a huge amount of men looked at that was that, or how I looked at the Gillette advert was that they weren't labelling men as doing this wrong and that wrong and not looking at this and should be thinking at that. What What happened in the advert? Right. So the advert basically looked at um, how men interact with younger men and basically how older men have responsibility to train, or suppose, or bring up. Bring up the younger generation of men to not be assholes, right? Mm. So whether that was like, you know, old, you know, fighting and messing around and old boys will be boys. No, boys will be what you tell them to be irrelevant of whether boys will be boys, but you know, boys can be girls, boys can be whatever they want to be, whatever you set the parameters as. So acceptable. was it a positive thing? But this is it. And it completely depends on which side of the fence. Would you I sit. think it was positive? Yeah. You, okay. I think you would think it was positive, but so it was, it, don't you, limit men. Don't let's like revolutionize how we look at masculinity. It was, it was, let's be responsible enough and open-minded enough to accept that some of us do get things wrong. And that mm. as, as men, it's our responsibility as a unit as such, to help one another open our eyes to what we do wrong and what we do right mm -hmm. and bring each other up together. Mm -hmm. That was the point. Yeah. But some men took it as an attack. So, so what were they offended by? They were offended by the fact that they felt Gillette were telling them they were bad men. 
because if they weren't doing the the proactive yeah. things that Gillette was saying they should do, yeah. they were being branded as yeah, bad. They were being, yeah, so some men took it. So like the brand I work for, example, we had a huge thing on. Like I remember going into the office, sitting down and being like, right, I'll check Twitter. How's Twitter doing this morning? And being like, massive response overnight to a few gents that had taken it upon themselves to be like, ban Gillette, like boycott Gillette. They're telling us how we should be as men. They're telling us we're bad people, blah, blah, blah. Um, mm. We'll go to another brand let's go to the brand I work for, right? And I remember being in this really awkward situation where I was like, well, I think you're a fucking idiot because you're not, you're not, you're looking at that advert in such a point. blinkered point of view that clearly mm. you've taken offence, which really means you need to go away and look at yourself mm. and wonder why you've taken offence to. Because mm. the way I looked at the advert was that basically it was saying, look, we can all be dicks sometimes. Let's be less of a dick. If you see someone else being a dick, do your best to hold them responsible and try and bring them up with you. Mm-hmm. Right, and sometimes if you're being a dick and someone tells you you're being a dick, accept it. Right, mm-hmm. so it's about looking in the mirror and looking at how you interact with the world today and how you interact with women, how you interact with other men, mm. how you inter- interact with everything that you do, mm-hmm. and really assessing yourself. Yeah, and being like, okay, this is the man I want to be, this is the man that I should be. I'll lead by that example, mm-hmm. and others will follow. Yeah, right. But these men that took offence to it clearly have something that they're they're not happy with in themselves or that they're not 100% confident in to take offence. Yeah. I remember being in this really awkward situation where our brand was being championed as a a rival to Gillette and their horrible hate men advert. Mm -hmm. And I remember having this awkward situation with a few people around me who were saying like, well, that's new eyes for us. We should share it. We should interact with it. And I'm going to be like, no, I don't want to Mm -hmm. because we should be supporting Gillette's message. Yeah. Not tearing it down. And it's a generational thing as well. And this is mm. where it becomes very complicated and a little well, bit. Well, people sort of... don't don't want to be this is my take on it. People generally, unless you're a really proactive person actively working on being self-actualized and growing and evolving, people don't really want to be told that they're needing to grow doing something wrong. Most no people would be no. defensive. Yeah, hundred percent. But our history, and this is where the conversation of privilege comes in. We often talk about privilege in the context of race. Here we're talking about it in the context of of sexes. Men have always had the privilege over women. Women had to burn their bras and stand in front of, you know, the queen's horse and get killed to to have the right to vote. And still today there's an equality pay gap between the sexes and just the list goes on. Women are getting harassed, women are, and yes, all of these things in terms of like harassment or abuse or everything are happening to men. But the the majority of it is happening to women, and, and just because it's also happening to men doesn't no, erase doesn't the it, conversation. No, it, yeah. yeah, so men have always been through the world, pretty much most cultures. Men have the dominant hand. They have been able to get away with so much and not be held accountable. But and then here comes this influx of conversation of going, hold on, I don't think that's how we should carry on anymore as a society, and they don't like it. It's like. Those men that are going, oh well, you know, screw Gillette. We're not, we're not going to stand for this. It's because they don't want to be challenged. Because yeah. people don't really want to change or evolve because it's so much easier, especially if you are a privileged person. And who is why more? Would, pri- yeah. Why would you want to have yeah. your privilege taken away? Right. That's how that's how they see it. Is yeah. yeah. Well, in a minute, my life is comfortable, comfortable and unchallenged. Moment, and unchallenged. Why on earth would I yeah. want to be challenged? But the reality is that in years to come, it's not about yeah. your life being challenged. It's about how yeah. your daughter's life might be. Mm-hmm. Because because if you sit there and you challenge everything and then you have a daughter, what, what? you don't want your daughter to challenge things? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it's madness. I think, well, in season one of Let's Be Honest, we did an episode on race and we talked a lot about privilege mm. and how if you are a privileged person and there's no denying or arguing that the white man is the most privileged position in the world, Mm. why I don't know. And that's what we talked about on that episode. We ended that episode by saying, if you are a privileged person and for example, generally in the world, you and I, you're going to have the upper hand because you're a man. If you're the privileged person, you must spend your time and use your life and conquer your purpose of making life better for those who are marginalised. And to me, sitting there going, well, I'm comfortable with my privilege and I don't want to be challenged and basically screw the rest of you is such a waste of your time here on this planet. Do you agree with that? Yeah, 100%. And I think the other thing is it's narrow-minded because nobody is an individual. Everybody needs support from everybody else. Yeah. So if you spend your entire time being like, well, I'm in a privileged position, I don't need anything. Mm -hmm. At some point, 
it's going to bite you square in the ass yeah. because you're going to need something from somebody else who yeah. isn't a white middle class yeah. man. I just and think standing up for attitude, people. Especially in today's day and age as well, where it's such a volatile social, especially in social media, it's so volatile out there mm. that you can be held accountable to anything you said at any point in time. So if you take that stance now, in 10 years, it will still be there. Someone will still find it. Someone yeah. will still bring it up. And at some point, it, like look at politicians, look at politics. Mm-hmm. But as soon as anyone you know, gets to any point in politics now, you can guarantee a BBC journalist is going, right, go back on his Twitter, go back 10 years and find something he or she said Mm-hmm. that's outrageous yeah. and slap it on a headline because yeah. you can't get away from it so yeah. really it's it's that it's if you take this uber privileged stance and don't want to help anybody else out at some point or another you deserve to have it slap you square in the face again yeah and it's about standing up for people in the moment knowing you for such a long time and having gone through so much with you and seen you in so many situations I know you're a very moral man and you're a good man and I've actually seen you and lots of other good men in my life where you've had the moral strength to like sort of snap it in the moment. Like I've seen, I can't remember where we were, but we were in a situation where it was like me, a couple of other of our girlfriends and some of the other lads and they were being total knobs and you were okay to like say, that's not right. And don't talk to them like that. Even though you could have totally gone well, they're not talking about me like that, so why do I care? And sort of just so could have sat in your privilege and you didn't do it. And I would love to see more men do that, whether it's within their own relationships, their own families, the workplace, just out in society. Like this notion that people are people and everyone should be treated fairly. And even though you are privileged and have the upper hand, generally your sex over mine yeah okay we should get to a point where in society everyone's equal we're not having to deal with this anymore but while we are I'd love to see more men use that advantage for good by standing up and and saying no to sexist things and and protecting women in the moment when they see like mistreatment like I think that would be a really positive way to combat it something people can actively do yeah and i think again that's it's a once people start to set examples other people follow yeah it's that simple so again if you're at a fancy dress party right if you go to a fancy dress party You'd never be caught dead at a fancy no, dress party neither. i can't stand them honestly well, i'm a guy that goes in just a suit he's like oh i'm in the men in black yeah it'd cool. be lucky we'd be lucky Actually, if you even showed up to yeah, the party yeah, that's true. yeah you're yeah. so not a party goer uh, at no, all i can help it do you remember like, that? Oh, I was there early and then I left. You missed me. <laughs> it was my party. I was there at the beginning. I remember like some of our friends when we were 15 had an 80s themed party. Do you remember? And the way everybody was wearing like glow sticks yeah, and neon. Yeah. And you, sh- you know, people were like supposed to dress up in like tutus and what are those, shirt. what are those socks called? Like oh, leg, um, warmers, leg warmers, leg yeah. warmers. And everyone did it but you and you showed up in a freaking like dress shirt and jeans. And I had to like, almost beat you to like come and dance with us and put like a glow in the glow in the dark like bracelet on but that's exactly my point right so (laughs) if you go to a fancy dress party right yeah and it's a fancy dress theme and you're the only bellend that turns up (laughs) not in fancy dress raise your hand yeah that's already up (laughs) then you're the odd one out yeah you're the the idiot as such you're the you know and that's that's what it almost needs to become in terms of the roles and the championing that we take right right over time, the size of the group will change. So the amount of guys that stand in a group and go, oh, yeah, it's funny. Or catcalling, like or on cat the street. Yeah. Like, so I'd love got, to see... you've got a group the, of yeah. 10 builders, right? You've got a group of 10 builders. Yeah, I mean, you read my mind. Stereotypical, but if you've got a group of 10 builders... Oi, oi. Oi, oi, how's it going? Love you. And they're giving it all that, yeah? And one of them says, guys, cut it out. You're going to get shouted down because it's, it's one versus nine. Now it... And they're suddenly seen as weaker by the and other men. they're suddenly seen as weaker, yeah. Yeah. I've heard all sorts, you know, like you hear all sorts of things. I've been on nights out and you, like me and a few other guys have seen things and you go, oh, leave it out, buddy, like, leave her alone. Like, why are you bit? And they're like, oh, well, are you gay? Because you're sticking up. And you're like, oh, and, and you God. listen and you think, that doesn't even make any sense at all. What? Because Do you I know said, what that is? Let's, let's um, dissect that a little bit. So we're not talking about like that issue today, but... Isn't that in just insane that someone would say yeah. because you as a straight man are saying you shouldn't talk to a woman like that, that woman you, that must, you, be you gay must be gay because to stand up for a woman would mean that as a man you're so much weaker. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that just drives my nut in. Yeah. It's it's just it's just nonsense. It doesn't make any sense. It, it's not it doesn't even warrant response. That's yeah. the thing. When people like you know, if it happens and you just look at me like Okay, okay that's really yeah. clever of you. Wow. Yeah. I can see the the full extent of your wit working hard there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good job. Good thinking. Yeah. So if you've got the one builder that says, "Guys, cut it out," right? 
he's going to get really get shouted down, which is which unless he's the strongest character in the mm. world. You yeah. Know, in which case, yeah, he'll convince them. But over time, if he keep if he stays strong enough to be like, no, still not, mm. still out of order, still out of order, still out of order. And then a second one goes, guys are out of order. Mm. And then a third, then a fourth, then a fifth, then a sixth. Suddenly it's sort you've got of a majority. ripple effect, isn't it? So yeah. It's the ripple effect. Yeah. So mm. once you've got six, suddenly the four that are still doing it, yeah, they're the arseholes now. Yeah. Because they're, you know, and, uh, ironically, in a conversation about equality, mm-hmm. they become the minority. Yeah. It's interesting. How, how, you know. Yeah. And that's, I think that's, that's probably one of the interesting things about equality as well is that, I mean, can you ever really achieve full equality? Because someone's always going to feel yeah like a minority, right? Mm-hmm. Irrelevant of what, yeah, it's like whether it's a whether it's yeah a good thing or a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Even if you put all of the bad in the minority, yeah, they're still going to feel like there isn't equality because they're in the minority. Yeah, it's and almost vice like versa, if all the good is yeah. in the minority, but the bad is coming through. Well, there'll always be minorities if we choose to look at and 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 really focus in on the differences of people. Yes. Um, I remember when I was doing my traveling one of our group leaders said, you know, you'll find that there's always sort of one person, this sounds terrible, but they were referencing to like back in the day when people were doing big like expeditions to the Arctic or just sort of discovering the jungles Mm -hmm. and the Congo and Africa and stuff. And that when it's a group of people and they were talking about it in terms of like an expedition, but there's always sort of one person who is sort of the weakest um, link in the chain. And it's sort of the, the person that, sort of messes it up whether it's with their attitude or something it's just sort of like they were trying to paint it to be a picture of like part of evolution and that the group will then in- inevitably turn on that person and that that person being weaker or sort of on the outskirts therefore bonds the rest of the group and i sort of can see the parallel between that idea okay. and how society works because we do that with minorities mm. we you know you look at how minorities whether it's like racial or gender or whatever sector of society that is considered a minority and obviously not on an individual base but it when people look at trump's america right now Mm. he has won the hearts of his supporters by saying let's all unite by focusing on on the other and this this what he has described as the weaker link in the chain has there unified the rest of the group so it does make sense that that's how society works but i'm totally up for it that that's been how society works and we can change it mm. so on that note how do you think because we know that in that major change in society happens by individual change you know it was mother teresa that said start on your back door of yeah. helping people yeah. don't go and try and save the world help those who are outside your front door and yeah. in your town so we know it starts you know when you throw a rock the ripple Ripples. goes out so what do you think people need to do men and women to inevitably make global change like how can we start within ourselves to start that ripple effect yeah i think it's really simple and i feel but danger of being incredibly cliche as well is is, it is the age-old saying of how would you like to be treated Mm. it is that simple i mean you know like they say about you know cliche being cliche but the reason cliche is cliche is because it it works it rings true most of the time yeah yeah how do you want to be treated what's your opinion on equality when it comes to things like sex and body image and pornography because we know that like feminist issues really rear their heads in those topics like was it this year or last year that DJ Khaled got in big trouble for making that quote about how he doesn't give oral sex to his wife because that almost like it's dirty but he expects to be you know receiving Mm. it and people just went off on him of just like how could you and we know that in a lot of mainstream pornography it's women being displayed as like taking advantage of and not being considered and that they're being used and objectified and their pleasures not being considered and body image that i mean side note i know men have so many body image issues as well but like women have to nowadays like feel from lots of different sources of influence that they have to look a certain way to be attractive and that seems to be such a charged area what do you think about all of those things I think from a like from a pornography point of view, I, yeah, I, and yeah, it's a str- it's a very strange landscape because it there is so much emphasis on men watching pornography mm-hmm. um, that as an industry, it, it just it's just not good. It's just not bad. It's just bad for you. I and mean, also, like, it's not displaying how not, people no, actually have sex. No. And there's this huge thing, isn't there? But like you know, you read things about it and you hear things about it, especially like you know, um, a couple of months back they talked about 
putting porn bans in place and, and adding sort of subscription and payment methods and all that to try and reduce mm. how easy it is to access porn. Because they say now that re- young boys as, as young as nine are watching hardcore porn- yeah, pornography. Which is terrifying. And like you said, it's straight off the bat, it's an unrealistic expectation of, of what you should expect from from mm. sex that's and not, i think that's not sex and that and that young boys who are watching it i mean just it's absolutely terrifying to think that a boy of nine years old is watching it but teenagers who are not actually having sex themselves mm. but are learn learning that that's yeah. how you treat a woman and that that a woman's always up for it always ready no matter what you do she's gonna moan and groan and, and it's and it's all gonna be about serving the man and and it's just like i'm so pro like positive sexual education yeah. and pornography is the worst way yeah. to learn well because it's not real and it's nothing to do with now i'm not the sort of person that's like you can only make love and in one position and and you know it's only about making children of course not like mm. even like pornography doesn't show you like the entire landscape of how to be a healthy sexual person so that's a whole other rabbit hole of should pornography be more realistic and inclusive or should it not be something that people are watching at all i don't think it should be something that people are watching at all i think i mean you think it should be our world would be better off people didn't watch it um yeah yeah i think it's a hard thing i think it's it's a very addictive media as well Mm. it's something you know like sex is well sex can be instantly gratifying isn't it instantly gratifying from a dopamine point of view and everything else that's involved with Mm sex without having sex Mm -hmm. because masturbation is such isn't it Mm. um so you get all you get everything that you do from sex but you don't you don't have sex but then there's no intimacy of a there's no intimacy it's a screen it's a screen there's no intimacy at all is there there's such a sense of detachment and i remember going to like the petrol station or whatever and and seeing like the nuts magazine and the effort and just like as being a young girl just being really confused like why are they doing that and I remember, it's funny, as a young kid, I should have done it and, and got the pattern and, and made the money from it. But I remember thinking, why don't they like make a little like board or something that people can see that, oh, this is the magazine behind the board, but like don't make it available. Stuff. And mm. I actually, a couple of years ago, saw that in America. Mm. Damn it, I should have like, I should have created that. But it's not fair because we know that sex is a massive issue where women have tried to gain equality. It Like the conversation goes towards consent and women getting their own pleasure and like like dj khaled said like there's so many men that expect to be given oral sex but don't want to give it back and Mm. like just um and and women have been seen as ovens like you're there to get impregnated and have the child and it's that's a whole landscape that doesn't seem equal at all yeah i think sex is a really interesting one because i think there's something you know from my point of view there's something incredibly empowering about a woman who wants to do what she wants to do mm. and can voice that and can voice that and, yeah. and feels and ultimately feels confident and comfortable enough mm-hmm. to voice that mm-hmm. that's if you like a man's job as such is that realistically during sex our job is not to oh, put a bun in the oven or do mm-hmm. any of that it's to make sure that your partner has an equally fantastic time as you mm-hmm. And that's where communication, communication comes in. And it's communication and yeah. it's confidence. It's making sure that they feel comfortable enough to do what they want to do. And they also feel comfortable enough to tell you if they don't want to do things. Mm. And that's, that's why young that's boys watching pornography and sort of living in like a lad's world is so detrimental. Because if you want to look at it from like the lowest uh, important point of, of view, that it's like that's just going to equal people having bad sex. Yeah. And we know that like as people who have like healthy sexual lives, good sex is based on people mutually having pleasure and a good time, good communication, people feel safe, there's consent in place. And when your sexual education, if you've got parents that like don't want to talk about it and you don't have a father figure, if you're a, if you're a guy to guide you and and to put good sense in your head and your education is sometimes extraordinarily violent hardcore mm. just bonkers would never happen in the real world pornography or it's the stuff you're being taught by other lads your own age also not having sex in the locker room like worst yeah. case scenario you're just going to have bad sex yeah. and but then you're also going to not know how to have a real relationship with a, with a woman. I mean, it's proven through studies that people who watch pornography at all and for sure too much of it actually lose their sex drive and don't know how to have confidence to like really yeah, it's be- engage it's be- in a yeah, relationship. It's, it's because you can't recreate it. Mm. You just can't recreate it. It's, you know, it's because it's not, it's not designed to be recreated. Yeah. 
It's just not. Because you know, porn it's, is really, it's people going to work, isn't it? Yeah. The order that you, we watch porn in compared to the order that it's filmed in, again, is completely mediated. It's not real. Mm. So therefore, if you're trying to... It's unrealistic. Take, it's unrealistic. So if you're trying to look at that and, st- and study, and start to be like, oh, okay, right, cool. Yeah, yeah, this, 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 and then that, and then mm. this, and then that. You just don't hope in hell, because it's ridiculous. And that's really interesting that you talk about, like, the recreation of something that that is unobtainable because that's exactly the same conversation that we could then move to talk to about social media and people like Kim Kardashian and Khloe Kardashian who are putting up pictures of themselves where a they've absolutely had surgery b they've had their hair and makeup done by professionals they've been styled all of that stuff but then even one step further they photoshopped their and facetuned their photos so they're posting in this weird like parallel universe that is instagram and social media and they're basically saying here's me and men who are attracted to to women like that have seen it for so long on repeat on repeat that they now think oh that's what's attractive Mm. and they're with we all know that celebrities photoshop their pictures we photoshop our pictures right but so we know that people photoshop their pictures but Mm. we're still going oh they're attractive they're gorgeous oh my god okay how do i look like them or how do i get a woman like them and then as a woman like me for example i've always struggled with my own body image because i will i'm i'm okay height wise i'm not not sure i'm almost 58 but i've always been heavier than my friends i've always had boobs and butt and a hit and hips and i've always been like curvier and i've always had to combat sometimes i'm really confident and love my body and think I'm really happy the way I am. But then those social media things can also get to somebody as confident as I like to think I am sometimes because you're comparing. And it's like, I know men that unfortunately they look at women and go, well, you don't look like the girls that I double tap for liking on social media. So no thanks. And also women who are killing themselves to get this body that's just so unrealistic i mean you mentioned that you and i'm assuming you're referring to men photoshop their pictures what is that like the world of social media because i know you're in that for your job you as a man like comparing your body to other people and and looking at women who are posting unrealistic pictures what is that like i think social media is a really interesting tool in that it can be fantastically social naturally and fantastically well used and incredibly supportive and incredibly inspiring or it could be complete poison. And I think like the most interesting thing with social, when you look at how social works and how it is, is that really, ultimately, I control the influence that I see on my feed through who I choose to follow and who I don't choose to follow. Mm. So really, my responsibility to myself is to be like, who do you want to follow for inspiration? Do you want to follow the people that are setting up complete horseshit and mm-hmm. fi- editing filters and throwing on stuff and, and is not realistic? Or do you want to follow the people that are setting a realistic expectation? So not because he has a really cool last name, but Joe Wicks. So, oi, oi. Oi, oi. But like Joe Wicks, I think is fantastic. Oh, um, body, body coach. coach. I love right. him. The reason the body his coach, stories yeah. make my day. How cute is his daughter? Uh, incredible. Oh my gosh. Incredible. Okay, yeah, I love him. But I think the, the, the main thing that Joe does so well when you watch is that his face? content. Is, well, one, the face. <laughs> two, the hair. The hair is awesome. But it's that it's not an unrealistic goal. He doesn't yeah. calorie count. Mm. he eats as he wants to eat he's he constantly clean. like posting pictures of like burgers and yeah. chips he eats and... relatively clean like mm-hmm. you know and he cooks all his own food which is the main thing he doesn't that's lean in 15 and that's lean in 15 um <laughs> but the, the main thing that he talks about is is it's the balance between work out eat healthy be healthy it's that simple mm. he gives real credit to mental health yes. and getting outside and being in fresh air and nature with your family and though those sort of emotional spiritual components yeah. as well yeah it's energy it's yeah. about creating energy and yeah. it's a realistic expectation do you on, find yourself comparing yeah, 100%, 100%. a lot 100%. what are you what are you comparing is it the body is it the car is it the job is it the fashion it's like full house it will be it's a full house and it depends on the day of the week and it depends on the photo mm. or the post that you see from the particular person before we started doing this i was looking at porsche on instagram mm. being like wow but the reality is that if i got a porsche tomorrow it'd be fantastic but would you be happy i'm gonna be any happier no not really you because for, I'm for it. exactly <laughs> yeah trust me yeah I pay for, unless i buy a little tiny like hot wheels one which oh, get it like for, you know just give it as a gift 
Yeah, oh, well, that'd be nice. Yeah, yeah. but yes, yeah, it's, it's this element of comparison, and it, I think that's the poisonous thing. And I think that completely depends on the sphere of influence you want to build around yourself. Because yeah. you can compare against things that you should be trying to achieve, and you can compare about things that really don't matter. Yeah, but at the same time, the reality there is that you have to create your own happiness. Mm. You have to find your own happiness, and that really depends on the individual and what yeah. you want to aspire. And the only way you'll find out if you what you think will make you happy will make you happy is when you get there. Yeah. So sometimes you you have to go for it, go for it, go for it. Oh, I got there. Am I happy? But it's cliche. Okay. It's the journey. Oh, yeah, it's it's so cliche, but it is. The, it's the journey, not the destination. And I was having a conversation with somebody the other day about success and feeling like, for me, it was like, okay, I left LA and went back to Atlanta. And for me, I, I had framed that in my mind as that was a step backwards and okay, what, what, what am I going to do with my music and this podcast and blah, 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 like what success? And, and we were talking about like people going, okay, well, if you get a nine to five after you graduate uni and then you get married and have kids and pension and blah, blah, do you end your life as a success? And I think it's about reframing like what is success to you? And is it that your mental health is well and that you're loving your family and being good to yourself? And, you know, because when we're talking about comparison, I think that's really important when you when you frame success and happiness as, as what it means to you. Well, happiness is a strange one as well in that, like, you're not happy all the time. No, you can't Nobody be. is. Nobody... You have flow states. Mm-hmm. So you have periods in your life where you're in the perfect flow state and everything seems to just go up. Yeah. Everything's perfect. But at some point, something will go wrong. Yeah. Something tragic will happen. Mm-hmm. Something will happen that wasn't going to plan or whatever and you make an adaptation to it's it. It's peaks and valleys, isn't it? It's peaks and valleys, yeah. Pharrell once told me that he was like, you can't be in a constant state of euphoria. No. Would and you want to be? No, and because that's true. how boring would it get? But look at somebody like him who's just, I mean, that man does not stop. Mm. And even somebody like him has bad days and, and off days. Mm. And What's your favourite thing about yourself? My favourite thing about myself? Yeah, as a, as a young man doing pretty good in this world like what's your favorite thing about yourself my favorite thing about myself it's always a strange thing when someone asks you a question like, you know mm. it's put back onto you i'll right, make it easier what's your favorite thing about me oh that's harder i'm joking Excuse me. <laughs> um i think we've had this conversation a number of times and i think it's drive you're a very driven person mm. i've said this to you many times it's like there's an inspirational element to what you do in that if you want to do something you'll do it this podcast when you told me oh i'm going to do a podcast i was like yeah i know you are <laughs> not for one second was i like oh yeah okay she'll do maybe an intro record it five times and then go nah that's not gonna work she'll do it you know and lo and behold this is season two and you've dragged me onto it <laughs> kicking and screaming <laughs> um it's drive i think you've always been very driven you've always been you know what 18 when you moved to america yeah i'm going what yeah i'm going to america see you later oh okay um some people say it and you're like yeah of course you are see you next week it's like a bullshit mm-hmm. but i didn't know when you know i'm going to america I was like, yeah you are you are going to go and and you'll do amazing wild things out there and you'll come back mm-hmm. you know and then you'll go and do something else and then you'll do this and then you'll do that you're a driven person and i think you said about female role models and this that, and the other as well and that's an influence that's an example of you're not caged mm. you know it doesn't the fact that your female has zero effect on what you do or what you want to do or who will hear you or or how you want to be perceived because mm. you'll just do it and that in itself is the exact role model that we should all look up to male or female is that it doesn't matter i'm gonna go and do this mm-hmm. my favorite thing about you is you're everything that a man should be and everything that they shouldn't be and I've always thought that about you, like you, and when I say like should and shouldn't be, it's like the stereotypical, like you're so, you're like soft and loving and gentle in the right places. And then you're really strong and protective in the right places. Like I, I truly consider you my brother. I always refer to you as my brother and in fact, I just pretend I have one really. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've just been that perfect balance. You're not perfect, but, that, but then that's, Nobody is. you know, you're imperfectly perfect as you know, we all are. Um, but you've always been that really amazing balance as I said, of, of gentle and, and soft when you need to be and really steadfast when you need to be too. And, and to me, you're one of the best men I know and I really just think you're fantastic and I know you'll be a wonderful husband and you'll be such a good dad. I cannot wait to see like you have kids because you're... I And I think in terms of equality and raising your kids up, I 
just as you very kindly said to me, like not having any doubts, but what I'm capable to do. I know like when you're, you have kids, you will raise really good sons and daughters and you'll instill them to be just as good as you are. So I think you're great. Right, yeah thanks for coming on my podcast welcome. have you had enjoyed it was it as terrible as you thought it was gonna be we'll find out <laughs> no it's been good it has been yeah good. i'm gonna have to edit this yeah, a lot aren't i a lot, yeah. no but thank you for I'll coming on like, that's not my voice that's somebody else it is you're gonna hate the sound of your own voice know, everyone you know does it's because the must this is really boring oh, go on, boring nerd. way to end everyone if they don't even put this in because it'll be everyone will just what were you gonna say nerd? <laughs> <laughs> apparently it's to do with the muscles in your ears so when, what? Yeah, so well, like the muscles in your jaw and in and around your ears and that, so that when you're talking, those mu- those muscles are working. Right. So your ears move, right? So sound sounds different. Whereas normally, when you're listening to yourself, mm. you stop talking, so you hear it in a different way. Well, I don't, but oh, I don't okay. stop talking. <laughs> no, that's interesting. So you genuinely do hear I it differently. So. I think so. Oh. I'm sure I've heard that. What somewhere. a boff quote! I know, it's, it, well, it, <laughs> <laughs> could be complete bollocks. I could have just heard it somewhere. You just made that up, didn't you? On the back of a penguin or in a Christmas cracker oh, somewhere. I miss penguins. All right, we've stop, got to stop being nostalgic. Anyway, thank you for coming on my podcast. I love you a lot. And uh, thanks for being my friend after all these years. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Let's Be Honest. Be sure to follow us across social media using the tag Let's Be Honest the Podcast. A special thank you to our guest Bradley Wicks. Join us in two weeks' time for a brand new episode. Bye!